Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a dog for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. On Friday night, January 5, professional wrestling has a pleasure of returning to Long Island at the Nassau County Coliseum and scheduled on the 5th of January. The likes of Chief Jay Strongbow, Peter Maivia will be on the card, and for that matter, so will the Russian bear Ivan Koloff. With that in mind, let's bring on the manager of Ivan Koloff. Standing now to my right, Captain Louis Albano. Well, you know, anytime you have a card, you have Koloff's, Koloff on the card. It's got to enrich in the the uh, uh, the talent. I mean, in the the card, it's it's magnificent to see an athlete such a, uh, as his proportions. I mean, being on a card, any promoter in the world wants the man. They realize his great ability. They know his greatness in wrestling. Uh, he's a great uh, weightlifter, also, and uh, it's a, it's proud to see an athlete in that uh, type of condition. You go in that ring and you look at him and you watch him. It's like poetry in motion. The man moves with the quickness of a cat. He's a 258 pound giant and baby it's great Borden house pie captain albano with the Borden house pie and with ivan koloff appearing in long island yeah welcome back to what was that? what's Borden house pie i don't know what, that is. I what was that i don't know what that was <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're here back here everything old is new again uh with uh, douglas viviani with our very own manager of the year david cohen that's right. Remember Lou Albano? He was in a Cindy Lauper video. He sure right? was. Girls just want to have fun. Absolutely. That is a good reference. Absolutely. He was my favorite wrestling manager. We're going back to the 1970s, continuing our show from last week, WWWF, before all the machinations of the world today. And yes. So if he was your manager, do you know why he was Captain Lou Albano? I believe he captained himself or pro he pronounced himself a captain as if he was a pirate when he was a wrestler. So when he wrestled back in the 50s, he came out with pirate paraphernalia. Oh, I see. So he was Captain Lou Albano and he dropped, when he managed, he dropped all the pirate paraphernalia. Exactly. Okay. Every one kept of them the captain. Had, they all had to have something going for them, right? They all yeah. had some kind of a moniker or something, some hook. And that That's funny. Anyway, we, we're looking at, uh, at the wrestling. If you remember last week, we were trying to get and convince my dad to actually take us to the NASA Coliseum, which is, again, I'm from Long Island. We were not going to go to Madison Square Garden. That was too big a trip. Uh, you know, for a Thursday night or whatever it was. But NASA Coliseum was 25 minutes away. It was easy. We could do it. Finally, Daddy got involved with that Rocky Maivia, no, Peter Maivia and Bob Backlund rivalry. He saw them change and turn. He got upset. Because Peter Maivia betrayed and turned on Bob Backlund. Exactly. So here it is Friday night. Dad comes home from work, and he's got tickets in his hand. For the Nassau Coliseum. He had to go to Ticketron, remember? Wait in line. He had to go to Ticketron. Ticketron. You weren't getting them, remember? You, you, either that or he would walk to the gate. But he went to Ticketron because he, he was not going to not plan it, you know? So he had to plan. And then, but as he's coming in, he comes in with this, like, and I'm, I'm probably about 14 at the time, and he comes in with, like, this 15 year old girl from his office and four tickets. And we're like, Dad, what's what the. This is Gina. Now, who is Gina? Gina, um, his employee's daughter. 
the employee that he worked for him had some kind of an emergency and watched my asked my dad to watch Gina for the night and they'll be back home. And my dad said, well, we're going to wrestling. He said, well, you could take her to wrestling. It's okay, whatever. So as a favor to a, an employee, you know, my, my and they were very close. They, my, this employee was with my dad like 20 years. Um, uh, said, you know, uh, okay, you know, I guess we'll do that for the night. And so Gina was coming along with us. You know, so I don't know how that was going to work out, but whatever. But she, she sort of sort of got my eye, you know, caught my eye a little bit there. Uh, anyway, the four of us are off to the NASA Coliseum. How old was Gina? She was 15. I was 14. Okay. So, yeah. So There we go. Um, Baron Von Rushke against Big John Studd was the first match. Do you remember any Big of these guys? Big John Studd. Oh, yeah. God, I remember those oh, guys. Oh, excuse me. Stan the Man Stasiak. I'm, so that was the opening match. We get to NASA Coliseum. Now, you'd, you'd have to pay for programs. And I think it was like, you know, either to us, it was in, in my world, we met game, whatever we went to. I don't know if it was like with you, with you, he would, my dad would say X amount of dollars in today's dollars. Let's say it was $10 today's dollars. You have $10 to spend on a hot dog or a program, whatever you want, but there's your 10 bucks, right? Maybe in today's world it's 20 bucks. It's pretty expensive these days, but whatever. So you had a budget. 50. And I, yeah, but I was not going to spend my budget on the program. None of us chose that. So honestly, it was weird. None of us knew who was on the card. None of us knew. Oh, I see. So you didn't know going in. It wasn't advertised. Nah, it's you not on the internet. It's, yeah, if you didn't, like you heard those promos, but we didn't hear the promo for this particular one. You know, you don't know who's going to, they didn't advertise. You so, just knew the main match, but not the uh, We not don't even know that promo. sometimes, but we didn't even know that in this situation. We had no idea who Wait, was going to I thought you were going to see Peter, Peter Maivia. Maivia. We thought so, but we didn't know it. We didn't know who was going to be. I know that was the promo, but that wasn't the promo of the night we went. Though just a promo. Oh, so you, so your dad was going, but I thought your dad was expecting to see this big match. Of course, we all are, absolutely. But you, you weren't sure that it was actually going to happen well, that night. Well, but how do you know? It's not in the newspaper. It's not on the card. It just says wrestling. Your ticket says wrestling. You don't. You think it is going to be there? Anyway, we'll we'll that get there. That is really strange. Yes, and I don't. I, you guys are doing something wrong. <laughs> Okay, but uh, so you just went on a whim, Correct. hoping that you would see this match. Correct. Okay. Correct. And we were hoping maybe we'd see Bruno, too. Like, it was always in the back of our mind. Right. Can we see Bruno? Like, Bruno carries the day, you know, for this. this sure. Movie. Anyway, so here, here's the opening match. A little something here. Um, or his eyes. No, he's got the claw on him. The claw. He's got the claw on Stud's forehead. Put on him the Baron von Raschka. He's got the claw. All right, it is. I, I, it, it was um, Big John Stud, Baron Von Rushka with the claw. Remember the claw? You he, the, he would get you right on that forehead and hold the claw on your forehead till till you you'd pass out. And that was legal. That was I legal. never understood that. That was the legal move, and that was the, the, that was the first match, and it was followed by Stan the Man Stasiak with the heart punch. Remember this? Remember the heart punch? Look that hand going with that heart punch. Caught him. Caught him with the heart punch. He'd hold your arm back over your head and punch you in the heart. <laughs> that was the heart punch. So we've got that these. That was Stan the Man Stasiak? Yes, yes. So we've got these two matches with these two crazy 
holds. And this girl's sitting here, and I'm sitting next to her. I'm like, I'm explaining to her the holds and what this is and how it hurts someone. And she's like looking, and she's befuddled. Like, what is, what is this nonsense? What, what am I doing here? What, right? what, who are these people? Why am I here? Why am these I at geeks, NASA Coliseum? These nerds taking me to this right? thing. And why am I listening to this guy now? This is crazy. What is this? You and the rest of these pencil neck geeks. As of right now, we're looking at the fashion plate of wrestling, Freddie Blassie, the maker of champions. I took Nikolai Volkov when he was a raw recruit, shaped and molded him into the most feared wrestler today. You understand? So don't give me none of this Johnny-come-lately stuff about Bruno San Martino, the living legend, or Chief J. Strongbo, this great Indian chief, or this big fat blubber guts, Haystacks Calhoun, or this other pencil neck geek, Gorilla Monsoon, or Tony Gurria, or Dean Ho. You got a bunch of idiots. That's what I say, a bunch of idiots. As I look out over here, I can't see one intelligent face. So I don't even know why I'm taking my time to talk and try to educate these idiots. These are a bunch of people. You put them up, you tell them, jump. They don't even know what you're talking about. They go, uh, just take a look at them. A bunch of juvenile delinquents, a bunch of idiots, a bunch of pencil neck geeks. So Freddie Blassie comes out, NASA Coliseum, and literally insults the entire crowd, including this girl sitting next to us. And she's like, "What? who is this guy? Why is he calling me a pencil neck? What's a pencil neck geek? I know how to jump. What is he? What's going? Like, think about it to a person that has no idea what is this is about. And I'm trying to explain to her as a 14-year-old, you know, in my little puppy love, trying to explain what, what this is all about. And out comes... Dino Bravo. Bravo sends it to the rope one more time and into the airplane spin. And watch Bravo go. Drops him down. Holds him over. Lifts the leg. Two and on the three. Bravo showing no mercy at all. I remember this now, the, the airplane spin? The airplane spin, sure. Which was what? It's just what it sounds like. It's spin a guy up in the air and... Over your shoulders, and he's the... Uh, the propeller, for lack of a better description, right? right? So she's seeing that. I mean, she's been exposed to all this stuff and trying to get her all hopped. Then, then you got George the Animal Steel. Oh my God! For a corner pass, turn bucket. Look at this. And Pete Benchet. Oh, all in his face, rich in the eyes and the nose, all up in the nostrils, in the mouth. Look at the animal. He's got the whole pad over, turning it down his throat, right down his throat. She's literally seeing a guy eat. The belt buckle. Remember George Animal Steel? He'd yeah. rip that belt buckle with the, with the two pieces of the, the corners of the belt come together. There's a like a pad, and he takes that pad out, and the interior padding stuff is all over this guy. This is like an inauspicious beginning. Like, we've got a lot going on here, and I don't know how to explain any of this. This girl's eyes are wide open, and my brother and I and my dad are sort of like actually enjoying it. It's a lot of action. There's a lot yeah, of Yeah, I'm sure you are. And we'll be back right at this. Everything we'll do again. Continue another session, another segment, another time, another continuation of this uh, uh, event that we went to go see the NASA Coliseum. Who is going to be on the card? You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to make reference, if we may, once again, to one of the finest publications, I believe, not only in professional wrestling, but one of the finest periodicals uh, produced anywhere in the world. As a matter of fact, it's the only 
presentation. To my knowledge, it's all color. 24 pages in this wrestling action issue number two, ladies and gentlemen. And there you see the living legend, Bruno Sammartino, the man who for 17 years represented, perhaps as no other wrestler has ever represented, professional wrestling. Uh, well, back here and everything old is new again at the Nassau Coliseum, 1977. I am there with my dad, my brother, and a young lady named Gina that we really don't know who she is. She's a friend of my dad's uh, co-worker. But you're trying to impress her. I'm trying to impress her. And the problem is I'm trying to impress her at the Nassau Coliseum watching professional wrestling. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a rough task. But she's starting to move a little bit. She heard the name Bruno Sammartino in that promo in between uh in between matches and it, it she seemed to know who that was you know i, I think by the way back in the day almost like you tell me don't you think a lot of people knew bruno they even were yeah right? it was a pretty uh he's pretty common name i mean household name if you did even if you didn't follow wrestling you knew the name bruno san martino exactly so again we don't know who's on the card what's what's on the card we didn't spend for that but I, I got up and I got a hot dog for her and for myself and the soda, whatever, and we're doing okay. And all of a sudden, a ton, and I'm talking about 20 wrestlers. I go out, to, I, we both go out, I should say, to get the hot dogs. We come back, there are 20 wrestlers in the ring. It is time for the Battle Royal. Battle Royal. <laughs> in this event, the wrestlers will be in the ring. Process of elimination. When a wrestler is thrown over the top rope onto the floor, he is eliminated, no re-entry allowed. This process continues until there is one man remaining, and he will be the winner. How about that? Remember those? Do you remember the Battle Royale? They, those are great. So you get all these wrestlers in the ring at the same time, and it was like last man standing, basically. Yeah. we. Lo- I mean, I love those. But who always won them if, if he was in a Battle Royale? Who was the, always the winner? Do you remember this? Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was always the winner, but he wasn't in it. So like, oh, where's Andre? Whatever. Who's in this? So you have these non- a lot of them, by the way, in the NASA Coliseum. Out of 10, maybe 12 are these Baron Miguel Saglunas and these you know Dino Bravos and these, these nondescript guys. Oh, Bravo was kind of big for a while, right? I mean, and, and then you've got, I don't remember who it was, but Chief J and K-Stacks Calhoun and, and uh, Gorilla Monsoon and <laughs> all. And I'm trying to explain to her, but I didn't. I was, thankfully, I did not have to explain the rules. There they were. And she kind of got into it. So she's, she's, now she looks like she's getting into it, you know, this girl. And so that's kind of cool. Little by little, she's getting sucked into the, the aura of, of professional wrestling. And then it's this new guy comes along. This is now... Was it? It was late seventies. Yeah. So there's a new guy now. You would not believe this, but tell me who this was. It was just a. Sometimes between matches they do a promo, just the promo. This person was not going to wrestle that day, and now this person comes up. The Incredible Hulk Hogan, oh, over three hundred and twenty pounds. The biceps, twenty-four inches, and counting. And this is an incredible individual indeed who makes his. Rustling debut in Madison Square Garden against not a bodybuilder, not a weightlifter as such, but a fine rustler in Ted DiBiase. And I've already instructed the man, told him what he can expect from Ted. And now I'd like to get the words from the Hulk mouth himself. Let me tell you something, Fred, nose to nose and toes to toes is not a man alive that can get in a square circle and pin me to the mat. 
and Ted Biasi, you're making the mistake of your life. You are planning your destiny. I will definitely eliminate you from the squared circle in a professional wrestling career from now on. A very confident Hulk Hogan making his wrestling debut in Madison Square Garden against Ted DiBiase. That's a clear through two or three years before he became the Hulk Hogan. Isn't that interesting? Because I remember seeing him, and like you, like, and he had the hair shaved a certain way on his chest. It was weird, like a little box on his chest. It was hair, his hair was shaved. You remember? This? I remember that. Oh my no. god, he was a different guy, and you could hear the interview skills were horrible, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? So wow, saw Hogan. that is cool. So you saw him. Saw him at NASA Coliseum, just do a quick promo. And I was like, oh, man, that, that guy, like, that's an interesting guy. That's a huge guy. You, you know what? I bet you that guy would, would, would do well, you know, and, and beat Bruno. Like, I started to have some, some animosity towards Bruno, you know, because he's, he's, is he here tonight? You know, do I, right. am I ever going to get to see this guy? You know, what's what's happening with this Bruno Sammartino? Why everybody's always hopped up and talking about him. But all right, so I let it go. So then we had the um another another match which was pretty cool. Uh a six man tag team. Do you remember these? Six man you'd have like a tag team group which would be like uh, Tony Gurria and Tony Zabisco. And they added Haystacks Calhoun, all four hundred and fifty pounds of him. To their team. So it was like three on three tag team. Exactly. And let's hear a little, you know, we, we got into that. Let's see how that went. Uh, Monroe has uh, the tag rope wrapped around of course. the throat. Tony Gurria coming over to help out, or certainly to lodge a complaint, but referee Dick Worley's attention diverted. And that rope was a moment ago wrapped right around the neck of Larry Zabisco. So they're using that rope, Off the, the rope tag team rope. Calhoun with the elbow. Moose Monroe slung all around that ring now. And Larry Zabisco finds his mark. Tony Gurria tagged and now steps through. Off the rope. There's an abdominal stretch by Tony Gurria. And Monroe submits before Bashan can do anything about it. So you had like these nondescript guys they fought against. Because how much money did the WWF have, kind of? Like they had Gurria, Zabisco, and, and uh, you know, Haystacks in one team. And the other guys was some guy named, what was that guy there? Monroe? It was just like. Yeah, like, there was always some guy, like from Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, some nondescript guy you've <laughs> never heard of. It had three, three nondescript guys against that team. Probably made like, what, 20 bucks a match or something? <laughs> exactly. But you felt fulfilled. Though, you know, and they were using the rope. You know, there was a, used to have a rope. You'd have to hold on to this rope if you're in the tag team on the opposite side of the. Oh right, rope. right. And you were so they would bring somebody to that corner and wrap the and rope around his neck and rope. choke him. Yeah. So that so you'd like to see the satisfaction of the justice given because you know that's that's not the right thing to do. I mean, come on. So you know, she's still sort of you know getting into it. I'm getting into it. It's, it's actually a pretty good match. Then we've got Greg the Hammer Valentine comes out. You remember this guy? Oh, sure, yeah. Turning to the Philadelphia Spectrum will be Chief Jay Strongbow. Looking forward to meeting the master of your four-leg rock, Greg Valentine. Greg Valentine meeting the one individual whom he thought he would never have to meet again. Making reference to, of course, Chief Jay Strongbow. You know, you're absolutely right. I never thought I would see the likes of Chief Jay Strongbow again. But I noticed one thing. Strongbow right now is wearing a brace. On that leg, that left leg that I broke with a figure four leg lock. If you're in such good top shape and top condition, Strombo, why you got a brace on your leg? All right, now this is a strange thing. This girl's looking at you like, what do you mean this guy 
broke someone's leg doing <laughs> this sport? Like, and how do you explain to someone that, well, he really didn't break his, well, he just said he broke his leg. Well, he really didn't break his leg. It's, it's Chief J and it just, you know, kind of <laughs> fooling around and whatever. None it, of this is real. It's none yeah. of this, not an easy sell, right? I mean, what would you do? What, where, where would you go with this if you, if you were going to try to have someone like, think that you're not in the wrong place like you now put it this way we're in the wrestling facility we're watching wrestling it's our first time ever we're not pros at this we've just seen it on tv a couple of times but there's this new element of this kind of stranger that's with us that you're trying to impress so that show basically is a representation of you like whatever happens in that show she thinks you are sort of supporting does that make sense so Mm -hmm. so it does, sadly. <laughs> so, so I, in some way, I have to either—I've got to either explain or ignore what's going on. And how do you explain Greg to have a Valentine saying that I broke your leg, but I didn't do enough damage? I need to put you out of commission next time. <laughs> this Jeez. is a sport. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's where we're at at this point in time. Uh, when we get back, we're going to continue a little look at. Uh, our my my first experience at the the Nassau Coliseum, uh, watching and enjoying, I guess you could say, enjoying uh, the wrestling at the WWF in the 1970s. We'll be back right after this. Find out who's the manager of the year. All right, so Doug, people have been saying, hey, I could find you guys on YouTube. You have your own YouTube channel. I can find you on Facebook. But what about other social media? Do you exist anywhere else in the social media universe? Yes, we do. We're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. At the same thing, you go at E-O-N-A show. That's everything old is new again. The initials, right? So it's E-O-N-A show. And that's it, at E-O-N-A show. You got Instagram, Twitter, and I'll tell you, we post pictures, behind-the-scenes stuff, trivia questions, contests, notes about the show, so you have a lot of fun. Subscribe to us, friend us on Facebook if you can, and, and subscribe to the YouTube, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's fun. I'm going to even start doing that. Ah, it might be worth your while. You can it's... actually know what we're going to do next week. <laughs> Good. <laughs> at E-O-N-A show. That's at E-O-N-A show. Everything old is new again, been on, and we're growing and growing in stations and all that. Do you feel uh, anything with regard to this particular show in terms of uh, your your experience that that we've um, uh, going to be successful? We're we're ending tomorrow or anything in between? No. And then we'll go into some predictions no. you have. I wouldn't. I would. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything like that. But I, I. I would say this because of this spark and the chemistry you both have. You've really touched on a on a new idea. It's based on an old concept, but it's new and refreshing. And I. And I. Even if you change and detour along the way, I really think that you have something that's going to awaken in people a refreshing intrigue. People will want to hear more about it, especially which what you're doing now is adapting it to the present because again we can learn from the past and 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 apply it to the present a perfect i'll give you a perfect example in my my work one of the big uh the way you are i'm telling you mr san martino bruno made an observation uh, watching you in that squared circle he thought you never looked better well a compliment from bruno san martino the living legend 
is something to be proud of. If Bruno says that, that means that I've really come a long way. Ah, welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. I wonder what Bruno would say about our show now, our discussion of the wrestling in 1970s, the WWWF. He'd be into it, of course. Yeah. He, he, we're not saying anything disparaging. We're kind of rolling with this. We're enjoying no, right. it, right? So there's your buddy, Ivan Putski, right? And, of course, he's talking Bruno. Everyone's talking Bruno at this Coliseum. And I'm sort of like, you know, all right, well, is Bruno, they're talking Bruno. Maybe he should be here tonight then. Maybe he'll be here. You know, we don't have the card. We don't know who's doing what. But they do have the results. I remember this distinctly of the manager of the year. And they the even, results. The results. Okay. They had all four managers up there. Remember, there's this guy, Scar- what's his name? Arnold Scar- Scarlin, whatever, um, which is Bruno's manager. There's another indication maybe Bruno's going to be there for the night. Because um, his manager's here. Anyway, so the four managers are there. They eliminate the Grand Wizard. They eliminate Freddie Blassie. I can't give everything here. But then they all of a sudden get to the, the end. Third runner up, ladies and gentlemen, is Fred Blassie. Fred Blassie. <laughs> Second runner up, <laughs> the Grand we'll Wizard. Week. It's the greatest robbery since the Briggs job. You'll hear from my attorneys on it. You'll hear from my attorneys. Two principals, Mr. Albano, <laughs> if I may have you here, Mr. Skolan. Ladies and gentlemen, the first runner up, Louis Arbetter. And I have to tell you what happened. What do you, I mean, what do you think happened? What did, what did Captain Lou oh, do? Oh, a whole melee of fight broke out, <laughs> He's sure. a, Captain Lou took a chair and slammed over Arnold Scolin's back as oh, they wow. being interviewed by Vince McMahon. And Yikes. all heck broke loose. It was... it was. So so they were accusing of... Uh, there were accusations of voter fraud. <laughs> That's right. That's See, right. The more things stay the same, the more... They, what, are we, what are we saying? More things are... It, it's amazing how the country has started to mimic wrestling of the 70s. <laughs> Exactly. A lot of, a lot of. There's a lot of common threads there. <laughs> you see, everything old is new again. You see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even in even in politics. I mean, that was that was funny though. And then, but I turned to this girl, and she's horrified that this guy scolding yeah, is getting hit, beat hit up with a chair. She's like, "Isn't that Bruno's manager?" And I turned to, her, how did she know that? <laughs> she knows that that was Bruno's manager. I have no idea. But yeah, that was Bruno's manager, uh, and then she was horrified that he was. He was beat up as as bad as he was. So all right. So we we you then kind of you know in these things there's like a lot of matches. You just move on. I was gonna say, how many matches did you see? We it's saw like a lot. Endless. Yeah, they, a lot of them were short, but they, yeah, they you move on. The next match, one of my favorites was the steel cage. The steel cage comes back. Oh, you saw a steel oh, cage. Yeah, saw a steel wow. cage. Listen to this. I'm bringing out on the top rope. Somebody's gonna fall outside the cage. The feud culminating in this tight match, as we said before, not a pretty match at all. Not a match for the squeamish. Not a match for the squeamish. Bob <laughs> Backlund match against... for the squeamish. <laughs> Bob Backlund against Stan Hansen. Back in the day, you know what they also did, and this is what we saw, and she was horrified, and I had to try to explain this, was there was blood on the guy's forehead, Stan Hansen. 
Do you remember what they used to do? Was I mean, there was a, a lot of blood. Or they would have blood packets, or they would they would have a razor, right? And they'd have the razor in their hand at one point, just cut their forehead, and they would bleed from the forehead. If you ever watch old wrestlers, their foreheads are all cut up. Um, so she's now looking. So they would literally cut themselves with a razor. Yeah, absolutely. So you, she's looking at this thing. She's got blood. She's got another guy talking about, you know, I broke this guy's leg, but not good enough. She, she got, saw somebody hit someone else with a chair. Hit <laughs> with a chair. Arnold Skolland hit with a chair. Got the, the foreign, you know, the, the thing around the guy's neck, of Zabisco's neck, right? I mean, it was it was hard to defend. And then you got Freddie Blassie, like, just like all over the place, like chaos. And then comes this match. Killer Kowalski. Str- uh, 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 I'll let you listen to it. Killer Kowalski, Kamara handling Victor Rivera now. They've got him locked up into the corner. Joe Strongbow coming over to help out. Trying to catch down Killer Kowalski. Action inside the ring as well as our pandemonium has broken loose. All right, so there was Killer Kowalski against uh, Chief Day Strongbow. We're getting close to the, the main match of the night. We had this guy, Rivera, I don't know who it was, came in to the ring and and start beating up Strongbow. Strongbow seemed to get beat up all the time before he got you know his comeuppance. Like he, he would get some power, some strength, right? But the, you didn't hear it there, but the locker room emptied into the ring, which is what you My love. favorite moment when the locker room empties. Income. They come out in street clothes. Yes. And- in comes Ivan Putsky, who we'd seen previously. And he's got, you got to, I'll never forget this. And they come in, there's like, don't, we make it sound like there's 20 guys. There's like three or four guys come in. It's not, so three, like the fourth guy coming in is Ivan Putsky. He's got, he's got his clothes on, but half on. He's like getting dressed, you know, on the way out. And he's, he's got, he's got a suitcase, a little suitcase with him. Like it's maybe uh two feet by three feet suitcase. I don't know why he's carrying a suitcase with him. He brings a suitcase in with him. Killer Kowalski grabs the suitcase from him, which is closed. He slams it over Ivan Putsky's head, opens up the two locks on the on the luggage, opens it up, and there's some underwear, and amidst the underwear is Ivan Putsky's head. He just stared, he slammed his luggage over his head. Oh, so his head went through the his luggage. His head went through the luggage. And he opens it up and there's his head with the other so, It could be more humiliating. It was so, right. So it's a closed big piece of luggage and he, he brings it down over Ivan Putsky's head. It's still closed and he opens the lid and there's Ivan Putsky's head because his head went through the bottom. Correct. Yeah. Amongst underwear. Wow. Underwear and socks and stuff. And underwear. Yeah, all the humiliating <laughs> personal items. It was it was one of the most memorable locker room <laughs> brawls that I have ever seen. It was so freaking funny. It was unbelievable. Now was was Gina laughing at that? At at that point, she was she was she left. She, no, yeah, no, she was smiling. We were all laughing because even though Pusky gets beat up and you're upset about that, Ivan Pusky was a kind of a guy you could laugh at and with. Like, he, yeah. look, he heard him singing, True. you know, he was singing before and all that. He, yeah, yeah, he was a bit of a buffoon. Right? <laughs> exactly. And so, and then Chief, of course, later on, you know, Chief J. Strongbow gets his, he like uh, like Hulk does sometimes, you know, he gets So his, he goes on the uh, warpath. Right, that's what it is. He gets on, he got on the warpath. 
and he's he's his knee starts moving right and clicking yeah. up and down and up and down and while killer kowalski's all over everybody <laughs> so strongbow finally gets this this power from everyone cheering in the audience right and so uh he's got his goes on the war path and he starts beating everybody up the, the ring clears of everybody except for his allies, right? The two or three guys, maybe Larry Zabisco's there, Tony Gurria, and there's Ivan Putsky in the corner, just almost passed out with this thing on his head, you know. This. <laughs> <laughs> so the you know, Strongbow comes over, takes it off of him, picks him up, helps him out, holds him hand up in the air, and the place is going crazy. Like, but like for no, like no real reason did any of this really happen. There was no real. It was just a match, and they just ended up go. It got out of hand. <laughs> and I love that he says, and pa- there was pandemonium. Well, that was Vince McMahon's. Yeah, he had a few big catchphrases. That pandemonium is broken loose. Exactly, that was it. And then, and then before we get to the final match, we've got uh, Classy Freddie Blassie takes the microphone again. And uh, you know, Bruno San Martino is one of the most vain men I've ever seen. This was a fellow that prided himself on being so strong. He was the world's strongest wrestler when he was world champion. He was this, he did that, he pressed 628 pounds. But then when he sees my champion here, Nikolai Volkov, the strongest man in the world, he just cringes. He wants to hide underneath the table. Bruno San Martino, you never seen the day. You never seen the day. You were half as strong as this man. You know the trouble with these Italians when he reached the age of 30. They keep eating all that spaghetti and drinking that lousy stinking wine that those Italians eat. And then they just grow old. They don't want to go to the gymnasium and work out no more. They've had that easy life. But I guarantee you, he could work out from now till doomsday, and he couldn't even become half as strong as one side of Nikolai Volkov. Now, this gene is Italian also, you know, so we're all like all up in arms. This what kind of Yeah, well, that was, you know, wrestling back then was obviously very politically correct, very aware of what they were saying and doing. <laughs> well, this is the day of Don Rickles, too. I mean, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do by any means. I yeah, mean, Chief J. Stronger, the war pat. I mean, it was, oh, God, it was so bad. And he wasn't even a Native American in yeah, real life. Yeah, that he was an just Italian. Just terrible. But anyway, okay, so. <laughs> So they just he just insulted Italian Americans and you're all sitting there. She's horrified. We're all horrified, but we yeah. knew it was coming sooner or later, you know. But again, it's all about Bruno. Right. You know? Everybody's harping back to Bruno, liking Bruno, not liking Bruno. Everyone's talking about Bruno. Is Bruno the match? Is he coming in? But she was horrified by the discussion of, of the Italians and the talking about Bruno that way, how fat he's getting and everything from the pasta. <laughs> we'll be back uh, right after this and finish the, the match of matches, see what happens at the NASA Coliseum 1977. Uh, come on back to everything old. Let's do it again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Let me take that too, Andre. Andre, Fred Blassie claims that that Hulk Hogan has defeated every man that you have defeated, but it took him less time to do that. Your reaction to that? I know. We have to come in one point. We have to go in the ring together. Because he said he's undefeated, but I'm the one that's undefeated here only too, okay? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you say? I said if Andre's got any guts, he'll agree to wrestle my man next week. Anytime you want. 
So we're at the Nassau Coliseum. This is 19, late 1970s. We heard from the Hulk previously. Now we see Andre's in the building. We haven't seen Andre fight yet. So something's happening. Sometimes these guys show up and they don't actually wrestle. They just do promos. Uh, so there's a Hulk starting starting off uh, back in the day. I don't, I, he didn't even talk. They had Freddie Blassie speaking for him. <laughs> and it wow. was just like it was, you know, so now we, we don't know what's going to go on here tonight. We're almost uh, done. We've got... Um, we, we've got that promo, and then superstar Billy Graham comes out. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, he was huge, and he he um, had something to say. Here we go. And now, out of the goodness of his enlarged, big, mammoth heart, superstar Billy Graham has consented just this one time, depending on how your demeanor is, he has condescended to personally speak to you, and I hope you consider this the great honor that it is. Mr. Graham. How do the people on the East Coast feel? Sucking on your soda pops, eating your french fries. How do the women feel, the ladies right now looking at this body? How do the husbands and the boyfriends feel? Jealousy, envy, because I'm the women's pet. And I'm the men's regret. I want to know how Bruno San Martino feels right now, sitting at home in this overstuffed easy chair. Bruno San Martino, superstar Billy Graham, the superstar, the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that's too sweet to be sour, is talking to you, fat pot belly, out of shape. White skin, do you see this suntan, San Martino? This is a California suntan. I got this suntan in Death Valley where it's 150 degrees, running in the desert every morning, lifting thousands of pounds, training hours on end without stopping, drinking mineral water, eating all my steaks raw. I don't even cook my meat. For one reason, San Martino, for you. All right, so now we know San Martino's not in the house. He's talking about San Martino sitting home, number one. He's sitting home. Number two, I think, now this is just a theory as an aside. Hulk was in the building. Superstar's in the building. Hulk is just starting his career. He's not even talking. He can't. We've heard him talk. He's not doing a good interview. Superstar, I could, I'd rather hear Superstar talk than wrestle even. I, like, I think the guy is hysterical. I'm just wondering, do you feel like he's talking about the food and the minerals? and whatever. Do you have any inclination? I'm just throwing this out there. I have no idea. Do you think the Hulk picked up like some of that from from S- Superstar? Some of his, you know, drink that had the vitamins and, uh, you know, and all that stuff like he used to. Be? I, I don't know. C- can you see any influence of Superstar on Yeah, Hulk? of course. I can, sure. right? Yeah. I, I just think we saw the genesis there of the changing of the guard in some ways. Right. You know? And we all know yeah. that Hulk came around a couple years later. What was it 79, 80, when, 80, I think it was, when uh, WrestleMania came around and the whole world changed, you know? But this is before then. And there it was. Uh, and so I, I turned to, uh, to Gina and I, you know, and I just was, you know, saying the same kind of thing in a different way. Just I didn't foreshadow it. I just like, you know, I really like this guy, Superstar. Superstar is really cool. Um, he has some great matches with uh, with Bruno, but and she just like was horrified. She's like, that guy? You like that guy? Like, I liked the personality 
of Superstar, because I knew it was a goof, but like he's in the 150 degree weather, he's, he's lifting thousands of pounds. Thousands of pounds. <laughs> All for you, Bruno, because he wants to beat you up. Right. <laughs> but she was horrified. She's like, that guy, you like that guy? So I knew like he just was not really going too well with this young lady. It didn't matter at this point. It was like, this, you cannot explain wrestling. You cannot be under the aura of 1970s wrestling and impress a young lady, no matter how you try. Let's put it that way. Like that ain't happening. Does that make sense? Not this one, anyway. <laughs> or, 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 or not, because all of a sudden we had the match of the matches. We mentioned it before, but this is the match of the night, the main event. Andre the Giant. Maybe adjusting over in the corner. Ladd going in the tights, perhaps just adjusting his tights. Against Ernie Ladd. More than likely, big pattern. Yes. Artie Ladd with a very controversial right thumb. It's taped. Many people feel that Ladd on occasion will conceal something in that thumb as a result of what we're seeing here with Andre the Giant reeling around. Obviously, there is something in that thumb. Look at that, Andre. Ladd, a dose of his own medicine. There you go. So Andre Andre turned him around, gave him a little piece of his own medicine. That crowd went crazy. We had the night of nights. She's asking me how tall is this guy? Uh, you know how many pounds and whatever. He the, the Andre the Giant sort of saved the day. He uh, he just the whole crowd was. We when you're in an environment with seventeen thousand people and everyone's screaming happy, positive. You know, like cheering this match on because this guy finally gets this this thumb. You know, sort of in his own face instead of sticking to somebody else's because Andre was so strong. It's a great experience. People are high five and everybody's just spilling their sodas there. You know, <laughs> it's, the, it's the night of nights. We, we finally got a, you know, a nice event. It ends on a nice event. Everyone's smiling. We walk out. As we walk out, now here's the thing they used to do, which was pretty smart. They would hand you a piece of paper as to the next event. And the next event was Madison Square Garden. Bruno was going to be up against Nikolai Volkov and amongst other matches. And so now you you just come off that high of Andre, right? And you go, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, that will take us to Madison Square Garden if it's on a weekend to see Bruno against Nikolai Volkov. You know, that was that was the thought. So anyway, we take this. And did he? Well, No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, well. we take this girl home, you know, and my father says, you know, just walk into the door and, and nothing. Just make sure that, you know, everything's OK. So I, I, I uh, go to the door. She rings the bell. Door opens. There's this as we're getting to the door, I see in the in the window this silhouette of a big kind of a guy, you know. Anyway, so she rings the doorbell. The door opens and I swear you're not going to believe me. I swear to God. Her uncle answers the door. Her uncle, Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, come on. I'm not, not kidding. I'm not kidding. Come on. I'm not that kidding. That is not. I am yeah, not come kidding. on. I can ask my father. I am not kidding. Her uncle is Bruno Sammartino, yes. and he opens the door. He opens the door. And then I ask him, I don't, know what, I don't know what to say to this guy. I don't know what I would say to him either. I have the piece of paper in front of me from the from the. Uh, in the Nassau Coliseum, that he's upcoming fighting uh, Nick, Ivan Ivan Koloff. So right. I just point to it and I go, I can't get the words out. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing you at, at the Nassau Square Garden or to watch and, and the match of Ivan Koloff. 
he answers and he's just he just like looks at me like who are you and whatever and then he says this there's going to be no fear strength because from the time the bell rings or before if the opportunity presents itself i'm going to come after this guy i'm going to attack him i'm going to come up with everything that i have and i'm going to throw it at him because i'm not interested in strike. all i'm interested is in one thing and that is to destroy nikolai volkov and to make him regret and for the rest of his life he's got to no matter where he goes he's got to realize that the biggest mistake he ever did in his life was to humiliate san martino on tv <laughs> as, as he goes into this diatrophy close to the door and i walk away and go come on he didn't go into that. <laughs> he, that, of course, I taped this from, from YouTube, but he went into a diatribe while I was there just about Nikolai Volkov and he's going to beat him up and be there and whatever. We walked to the we walked to the car. The night was over. Wrestling was over. I could not make a good impression upon this young lady because she was already in love with wrestling. She was in love with her uncle. She was in love with Bruno Sammartino. Why was she asking so many questions about wrestling? I mean, she had never been to a match, but she had been horrified by all the discussions of all the put downs that you would hear during the I don't know. Night. This sounds like a tall tale. <laughs> it was legit. You can ask, ask, you can ask my brother. Gina was, she was the niece of Bruno Sammartino and okay, uh, may, mother okay. worked for my maybe father. I, maybe I buy that she's the niece of Bruno Sammartino. All right. I, Okay, I'm with you there. <laughs> you did not bring her up to the door, and Bruno Sammartino's waiting in her house and opens the door. Opens the door. That, you added him. that. No, I didn't. Six uh, Hills, Long Island. I'm telling you, he was just visiting. No he was. He doesn't live there. No he was way. visiting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he, sure. <laughs> that's my experience. That's really uh, just a sample of wrestling in the '70s. A little something, a little fun that we used to have. And something that I don't, I don't think you get those personalities and those managers and all that stuff now. Um, do you have any inclination to get back into wrestling at all since, the, let's say, the eighties? No. Itself? Yeah, we've we've missed that train, right? We would never come I, back. Yeah, that. yeah, and it, and none of it's real. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm into sports where, you know, things are actually happening in real life, not right. scripted. Right. Exactly. Well, so, so. there it is. We're we're. <laughs> Complete through our investigation and uh, dive into all things wrestling, WWWF 1970s. Uh, Good night, goodbye. I think it'll be a time that we'll never see ever happen again. It's not on my schedule. I will not be going to any of these wrestling matches at the Coliseum, right? Anytime soon or Madison Square Garden. It's just a, 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 something we've lost, something that's yeah, they're, gone by. You know, they're good memories, good childhood memories. Yeah, but it's a time gone by. Like it's it's a shame. Like you know, it's, things happen. But why is it a shame? If it was this, if it was the, why is that a shame? If it was the same, would you be going now That's to true. see this? That's true. And it'd be, it's it's one less thing that I have on my calendar that I need to actually exactly. You know, exactly. but I'm glad I was there when I was there. Let's put it that way. That's a better way. To say That's it. right. That's right. I agree with that. All right, we'll be back next week to continue all good things with uh, David Cohen, Douglas Viviani on everything old is new again. There's that same outage. There it is. Same music.